0: Thanks to the transfer portal class Mike Elko brought in, Texas A&M will compete this year in the SEC. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome on into Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefani. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Had a really good conversation with the Locked On College football host, Spencer McLaughlin, last night. And it brought me a couple things I want to talk about. So, and you can go listen to that segment. Well, I plan, actually, because he sent it to me. I plan maybe to stick that into segment three for Friday, but um, beside the point. point here is he was arguing he's not a believer that Texas A&M can compete in the SEC this season. Now, compete in, in the SEC is a relative term because it's kind of what does it mean to you? Does compete in the SEC mean you're competing for, you know, you're, you're serious in a serious SEC title contender? Does compete mean you, you know, are in the conversation for an SEC title five games into the, you know, conference season? Like, it, it's relative, but um to me, to me, Competing in the SEC means that you are in the conversation in the month of, you know, November, I guess. You know, in the month of of November, you're still in the conversation of like, hey, Texas A&M's got a shot here. And, you know, Spencer, and listen, he made some great points, but kind of was arguing he's not a big believer in Texas A&M competing, really competing next season. And... You know, I gave a whole bunch of of reasons why and, and argued why I think Texas A and M can compete. Now, I want to make it clear: am I out here saying Texas A and M is going to win the SEC next season? I'm not saying that. But the first thing I want to discuss, and it, it's one thing we him and I discussed, but is the transfer portal class. I mean, you can't you can't sit here and say it's the number two class on 24/7 Sports and say. Yeah, well, that doesn't matter. You know, that stuff matters. At the end of the day, this transfer portal class is really good. And it's good. And this is another conversation that him and I had is it's good on multiple levels. It's good from a, um, you know, because he asked me, he's like, is it quality? Is it, qu- is it quality over quantity? Quant- um, is that the reason it's ranked so high or, or how do you feel? about it? I said, I think it's a perfect mix of both. Everything I want you to do when you bring in a transfer portal class, I want you, you know, I want you to go get a couple of proven power five guys. You got it. Nick Scorton, Will the Blanket Lee, um, Jaden Hill. You, you, you go and get some of your guys that have played Power Five football, played SEC football, some of them. Then you go get some of your lower level guys, like a Donovan Saunders. <coughs> Excuse me, like a Donovan Saunders from Cal Poly, the corner, you know, who I think is going to be really good. Sometimes players like that, they can make the transition to the SEC. Sometimes they can't. It's kind of just a player-to-player thing. But taking a shot on those players is always... (coughs) Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, here we go. But taking a shot on those players, to me, is always worth it. So that's another component to a transfer portal class. Then I think taking a couple young guys who maybe weren't happy at their last stop. Um, you know, an example like that would have been like last year, Sam McCall, or this year, Des Ricks, the former Alabama corner, taking a shot on some guys like that. I think that that's another level to a portal class in Texas A&M has done that. And then the final is, Hey, just fill in positions of need. Another thing I told uh, Spencer last night, I'm doing this. I said, Hey, listen, like, Texas A&M needed players in the secondary. What did they go and do? They went and got players in the secondary. Like, that's what they went and did. So, I think this transfer portal class is part of it. I do think the other thing, and, and this is what I told, you know, was part of the conversation. I said, listen, look at this schedule. Look at this SEC schedule. Now, you know, you got you got to play Notre Dame. Um, But, I mean, i I, I you know, I, I said time and time again last night when I was recording with, with with Spencer, I said, listen, you're playing all of your difficult games or the more. I mean, here's the deal. SEC football games or SEC football games, they're all a grind. But all of your games that we're going to mark the calendar and be concerned about are Kyle Field. I mean, you know, look, you got Missouri at home, LSU at home, Texas at home. And then obviously Notre Dame is the other game at home. But um, then you got Arkansas, neutral site. At Mississippi State, at South Carolina, at Auburn, at Florida, all of those road games I think are winnable football games. I think if you take, um, and then you take care of business against Arkansas. Now you know if you win those five games, you're really you you're really in business in the SEC. Um, it, it's it is hard to win on the road in the SEC. Could Florida be better than we're anticipating? Could Auburn make a run and be a little bit better than we think? Know that stuff's going to be important, but if you do that, if you take care of those five conference games away from Kyle Field, and then Missouri comes to town, LSU comes to town, LSU comes to—I mean, um, Missouri, LSU, and Texas comes to town—and you find a way to steal one of those, you know, you're can be you can be six and two in the SEC. So that is what I'm saying. There is a, a a world where Texas A&M can win nine football games next season. And, you know, you go 6-2 and two in conference play, you never know in the new Lance. I mean, you know and once again, the other thing I have here, you aren't playing. I know that Alabama is no longer Alabama, you know, r- r- at least right now. We'll have to see what Coach Killen DeBoer, and I'm not saying I don't believe in Coach Kaelin DeBoer. I'm just saying, like, Nick, say the bad man is gone, you know, and so it's going to be a little different there. But the top dogs in the SEC – Obviously, the Longhorns, but Ole Miss and Georgia—you don't gotta play them, you know. So you gotta play Texas, but you get play Texas at home. You don't gotta mess with Bama or um or Georgia or Ella or Ole Miss, excuse me. And you know LSU, what do they look like, you know their quarterback situation. They got you know the Nussmeier going. Is he gonna be you know? There's a lot of question marks around some of these good teams. You know Jane Daniels is moving on. You know, and so um, now Missouri once again. Um, I think Missouri is a good football team. I am still not quite to the point where I'll, you know, I, I still, I need to see it again. Is what I'm saying, and maybe I'm, I'm being a little too, uh, what's the word? Maybe I'm, I'm not buying in enough to Missouri. But if they, if they, do, if they have a good year again, I'm sold. You know, but maybe I'm not buying in enough to Missouri. We'll have to see there. Um, but. I do think Texas A&M can compete in the SEC this season. And, and folks, you know, I mean that's my reasoning. I think that, I think coach Yoko did a terrific job in the portal. I think um, you have a super easy schedule. You avoid the really scary teams in the conference aside from Ole Miss. I think that you're going you you fixed your issues in the secondary. I think you've done a, a great job really I mean bolstering up that front seven, bolstering up um get, you'll have a good pass rush. I like what you got going on in the wide receiver room. I think the quarterbacks are going to be good. I really like this Texas A&M quarterback room, top to bottom. I feel good about it, top to bottom. So can Texas A&M compete in the Southeastern Conference this season? I do think they can. Do I think they're going to win the Southeastern Conference? No, I do not. But like I said, to me, it's a compete is a relative term. And to me, compete means – in the, month of, in the month of November, can you be playing relevant football games? Can that, that, um, that LSU game on October 26th, can that mean something? Can that trip to Auburn mean something? Hey, can hosting the Longhorns on November 30th, can that mean something? That is what I'm talking about. Um, and think about it. I mean, if you, if you start conference play and you beat Florida, you beat Arkansas, Maybe let's say you drop one to Missouri, but then you you uh, go on uh, you win three in a row. You beat Mississippi State, beat LSU, beat South Carolina. You know the Auburn and Texas games then become incredibly, incredibly important and interesting. So um, I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this. But like I said, I think the portal class, quarterback play, fixing the secondary, getting a pass rush. Easy schedule, no old Miss, Bama, and Georgia are my reasons why I do think Texas A&M can compete in the SEC. So let me know two things. Do you think Texas A&M can compete in the SEC this season, A? And then B, what does compete in the SEC mean to you? Let me know those things. We're going to have another conversation. There is a player on Texas A&M's roster in the portal that I talked to, um, the same guy about last night in this conversation, that maybe – maybe I'm not talking enough about. We'll have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I got to tell you about our wonderful friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. We have to talk about something bittersweet, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Yes, the Super Bowl is, is here, and it's exciting, but it does mean. That's the thing we love so very much is going away. It's um, sad to say, but if you're like me, the Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets, some really good looking parlays. That, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm doing. I mean, Super Bowl Sunday, it's, it's just a day that is a ton of fun. You know, there's lots of different things. Um, my dad and I watched the game. I think we're having some people over here to my house, um, have a couple, have a couple drinks, get some pizza, get some wings, you know. It's just nothing beats Super Bowl Sunday. And FanDuel has so many ways you can end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl who will win Super Bowl 58. But FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points you're going to be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash On to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sponsor of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So, had another conversation about a player that, um, so Spencer, who does the Locked On College Football Podcast, used to do um, a lot of different Pac-12 related things. Um, Obviously, rest in peace to the Pac-12, but... He was talking about E.J. Smith, the former Stanford running back. And this was before we recorded, actually. This is this wasn't part of the show. This was just a conversation we had before we recorded that segment to his show. And he was talking about how he's really high on E.J. Smith. He's a player who he thinks was extremely underutilized at Stanford. And he thinks in the right system with the right amount of usage can be a really good football player for Texas A&M. So that made me um, – want to kind of have this conversation again. And I'll tell you, it's funny because Texas a kind of in a spot right now, a really good spot in the running back room, in my opinion. I mean, Le'Veon Moss, Samari Daniels, Ruben Owens, I think you're in a really good spot in the running back room. Then you bring in a guy like EJ Smith. And watching the tape on him, obviously he looked good running the football. There's no no question that he looked good running the football but he also looked incredible catching passes out of the backfield. And that's what got me excited because I'm kind of like this, and I'm going, I like what we got in Moss. I really do. And then I like what we got in Amari Daniels. And Reuben Owens, I think, still can be a star. So, you know, it's hard to convince me that E.J. Smith can really, really take that – number two spot. And Spencer said, you know, he'd be surprised if he wasn't at least, you know, RB two. And I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I I can't get behind that. I don't know if I can get behind him being RB two, but I can get behind them. They're being a role for EJ Smith during his time at Texas A&M. And it's good to hear once again, running backs, they're going to get banged up. We dealt with this all season last year. Livian Moss was in and out of the lineup. Running backs get hurt. It's a position. I mean, you're getting hit every play. You're getting tackled. You sometimes get tackled awkward, hurt an ankle. Lots can happen. Um. So, you know, adding another really good depth piece, I now feel better about the four deep at the running back room for next season than we, much better than we did last season. So, you know, what I'm saying is, is EJ Smith going to come in and be this RB two? Ah. I don't know if I'm there. I don't think I'm there. I really like the guys we got and i and I think most of y'all will agree with me on that. but I also do think that e j. Smith hearing how good he is and how good he can be in the right system, just makes me feel better about this room as a whole. I mean, if you've got four running backs who can you know could all be the running back one, that is. A good thing to have, you know, once again, it's like like I talked about having three good quarterbacks like Texas A&M is going to have next season. You want to have really good quarterback play. You want to have multiple quarterbacks who can play because if one gets banged up now, of course, we're all hoping and praying over here at Texas A&M that we don't have to worry about quarterback two and quarterback three next season. But if history repeats itself, you will. And running back is another position that you see a lot of players in and out of the lineup with injuries so having four guys who can really compete who can really play at that position it, it's something that can really give texas a and a good shot to be to to be a good football team this season to compete so um i don't know if i was if i was high enough if I was high enough on EJ Smith, but this is another point, you know, and I, I kind of talked to, to um, Spencer, but I I said, I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm with you on the whole, um, you know, work his way into the RB two, but he is. So, um, but basically he ended up saying, listen, he's not going to get buried is, is what he was saying. So, EJ Smith, it sounds like to me is going to play some relevant snaps for Texas A&M, which once again, I thought he was going to be used more as a pass catcher because he looked really good doing it on tape. And I still think he could be used in that role, but I just think he's an overall better football player than I was giving him credit for. Um, so I'm anxious to see what his role does look like. How much do we see him out there? But, um, I'm really high on Le'Veon Moss this season, ladies and gentlemen. I just think with the offensive line taking that step like we anticipate and getting better and better like we anticipate. And Coach Klein just finding a way to elevate this run game, you know, he did a great job with the run game at Kansas State. Can he elevate the run game here at Texas and Am? I think he can. And I think Le'Veon Moss can be one of the best running backs in the SEC. But if he's got a supporting cast of Amari Daniels, Reuben Owens, and EJ Smith that are all solid running backs who could start at a lot of Power 5 schools. That is a very nice thing to have. So this running back room is really interesting to me, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I, I do want to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Um, are y'all in on EJ Smith at all? Are y'all in on, on, on his role being a little more uh, a little larger than maybe I expected, maybe maybe some of y'all expected, um, and that was good news. So last year, of course, uh, he had 53 carries for 218 yards and score at Stanford, and 33 receptions for 242 yards. So, you know, um, and you know, I want to add the point, say the point one more time. Is is his reasoning for liking E.J. Smith was he he thought he was a good player who wasn't used the right way, and it was kind of the system that Stanford was running, and it just wasn't working well. And I think if it, so he was kind of saying, hey, if you use this guy well and use, use him in the right way, he can be a really good football player. So um, are you all in on that? Are you all in? And then, how good do we feel about the running back room as a whole? I want to hear all you all's thoughts on those couple of topics in the comments, because after healing, hearing how good EJ Smith can be, I feel a whole heck of a lot better about the running back room than I already did. And as you all know, I, I felt really, really good already about the running back room. So let me know y'all's thoughts on that in the comments. We have to have an interesting conversation about the basketball team. I did a little research to kind of see, you know, where's Texas staying at? Where do they need to get to to make the NCAA tournament, and you know, to to really have a shot at this? We're going to have that conversation coming up right here, unlocked on, on Aggies. But first I want to tell you about our wonderful friends over at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. I can't imagine a loved one, you know, someone um a child, significant other, whatever getting sick, and and these supply chain issues keep them from getting these life-saving medications they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, um, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. So, ladies and gentlemen, the basketball team is in a very interesting point right now. So I want to pull up Bracketology um, because we found out a very interesting where the Aggies are kind of sitting right now in Bracketology. So let me pull this up. So on the bubble, I think it um Is it um, or is it last four buys? Oh, did they move us back in a little bit? Oh, I think we moved back in a little bit. I think at one point we were at the last four buys. Let's see where it has us going. Um, oh, I've lost us. I have completely lost us here. It is funny how this bracketology stuff changed. Oh, there we go. We are an eight seed currently in the Midwest, in Detroit. I think yesterday... Yeah, yesterday I saw on Texas A&M was in the last four buys. I guess they've moved back up. This is just the funny part about, about um, bracketologies it is constantly updating. But point is, you know, looking at where Texas A&M is, there's kind of two routes you can take. So the first route is – and these are two teams from last season. It's Mississippi State and Auburn from last season. I just wanted to pull SEC teams so we get a real look at this. So – um, Mississippi State last season lost in the um, in the uh, first four game. Lost in the first four game, um, you know, as the 11th seed. So, but what were they heading into the tournament? They were 21 and 13 with an 8 and 10 record in, in the SEC. So, you know, think about that. If you can just do that, you might get a shot. And it reminds me, you know, I think it was UCLA a couple years ago that just kind of got in the tournament um, out of the, out of the first four and made a run. So it's possible to make a, you just want to get in the dance. You never know what's going to happen. Texas A&M has has done a good job rebounding and all that stuff, but they aren't making free throws. They're not shooting the ball. Well, you get hot. You never know what can happen. So that's kind of what Mississippi state looks like. Then you got Auburn, who was a nine seed last year. They finished. They also finished the season 21 and 13, but they finished sec play 10 and eight. I think that's kind of where I want Texas A&M to end up is that nine, maybe eight seed range where with a 10 and eight record, you know, and I think that's doable. Um, I do think that is is definitely in a spot where it's doable. So um, currently Texas A&M is 12 and eight overall and three and four in SEC play. So that means in your remaining 11 games, if you can go seven and four, in sec play which is possible i mean i pulled up i pulled up the um numbers here if you can do that if you can go seven and four in conference play in your remaining game so now let's pull up texas a&m schedule and run through some of these um so you've still got um here you go okay so you've got yeah, you've got 11 remaining basketball games. You have Florida at home. You have the kids coming up on Saturday at 4. You've got Missouri on the road. Missouri's been really bad. I think you got to win those two games. You've got to win the home game against Florida. you got to beat Missouri. Um, Tennessee's coming to town. Hey, you know, what happened when, when a top-ranked team came to town in the Kentucky Wildcats? The Aggies showed up. The Aggies played a good basketball game. Could they do that again against a red-hot Tennessee team? Maybe. Um, now, do I think they'll win that game? No, but I don't think they need to to do what we're talking about. Now, it would help a lot. It would be great, of course. But um, then you go to Vandy. Game, you got to win. Got to win that game. Go to Alabama. That's a tough one. They're shooting the ball well right now. But think about Alabama is – if they don't shoot the ball well, they, they can. If they shoot the ball well, they're the number one team in college basketball. If they don't shoot the ball well, they are horrible because they don't play much defense. So uh, they're kind of one of those teams. If you get them on a night where they don't shoot, and that's why they're not going to make a deep run in March. But if you if you get them on a night where they don't shoot the ball well, you can beat them. But that's still going to be a tough one. Um, Arkansas at home got to win that one. At Tennessee, very very tough. It's a tough stretch. You have to play Tennessee twice in the month of Jan- in the month of February. Excuse me. Um, South Carolina at home. South Carolina is playing really good basketball right now, but I'm not sold yet. And I do think the Aggies can beat them at home. And then in March, you got three games. You got to go to Georgia once again, a basketball team that definitely you could say has exceeded expectations a little bit. But I still think Texas a is better than it can beat. Mississippi State at home at all Miss. All three of those games are winnable, winnable. But I think if you go two and three in that stretch. If this is possible. So, you know, obviously, if you start dropping some of the, here's the deal. I mean, if you lose to a Florida at home, a Missouri on the road, NCAA tournament hopes are, are definitely falling off day by day by day. You have to win some of these basketball games. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. If you, I mean, I think you're going to be supposed to win, supposed to win, supposed to win, supposed to win, supposed to win. Supposed to win. But yeah, if you win the games that you were supposed to win, you're going to make the NCAA tournament. Maybe if you lose one, you're supposed to win and win one, you're supposed to lose help that'll, you know, cancel itself out. But point is Texas A&M controls their own destiny. If they win basketball games, if they play good basketball down the stretch, they will be in the NCAA tournament. If they don't, they won't be. And it is really simple as that. Um, But a lot of big games coming up for the Aggies. If they want to make the big dance, That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. Like I said, let me know um, all those things I asked for. Can the Aggies compete in year one? Um, Thoughts on the running back room? And then let me know, will the Aggies make the NCAA tournament? And what seed do you think they might end up being? Let me know all those things in the comments. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day today. And we will see you tomorrow.